Welcome, one and all, to Turn-Based Memories, Episode 7, Lucky Lucky 7. I'm Mel, and soon you'll be hearing from my co-host Zoltan, who played Baten Kaito's Origins for the first time. Released in September of 2006, only for the GameCube, this is the prequel to the original Baten Kaito's that was released in 2004. Both are RPGs that make unique use of cards during combat, however Origins revamps the system in a much more action-oriented way. It's so action-y you basically never get a chance to look at the action. You'll be too busy flipping through cards. I recalled very positive memories about the game's combat system and only lukewarm feelings toward the plot. The original Baten Kaitos was a game I was super hyped for. I basically thought it was going to be another Skies of Arcadia. It wasn't. But after that game's sluggish combat left me feeling a little cold, I was happy to see that Origins had sped things up. I didn't care much for the plot, however, and my playthrough for this episode, I have to say that my feelings have been completely reversed. The combat really dragged on for every fight, often setting you in motion to string together a massive combo for every attack. It's usually overkill, and I guess I could have ended my combos earlier, but you're also rewarded for your combos with TP points that let you increase your party's rank so you can hold more cards and discard more cards. Thankfully, the combat mechanics aren't hard for a card game. You just pick bigger number cards, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and so on, and you can skip ahead in sequence. There's also a mana system that generates the more you string together lower numbered cards. So you can use your special attack cards that have higher numbers and cost mana, it's all very active and also very rote. Outside of tense boss battles, you aren't really challenged to compose a deck of Anything but some low attack cards, some middle range atta uh, special attack cards, maybe some healing, and some equipment cards that work like combo openers. There are card elements, but again, it's not hard to match ice against fire and so on, and really, you're only going to need that for boss battles where the fights actually stand a chance of killing your characters. Where the first game's combat was slow and plodding and maybe overly punishing, this game's combat was a lot more forgiving and maybe a little more mindless, but also faster. By comparison, I think the first game's combat was a lot more strategic. Suffice it to say, I had to cut my time with Baten Kaito's Origins short, somewhere around the halfway mark. This game is long, so halfway for me meant like 30 hours. But while I was there, I enjoyed the characters, and the dialogue was competent. It was certainly worlds better than the first game. You know, I actually had to turn off the voice acting in the first game. They gave you an option to turn it off, like they were saying, Oh, we know, it's not very good. Anyway, the plot did intrigue me a lot more this time around. Oh, and the old pre-rendered backgrounds. Yikes, those did not age as well as I thought they would. I thought those would have endured a little better, but it's so resolu low resolution 
that uh, you kind of have a hard time seeing what's what sometimes. So let's shotgun a few predictions. That is ostensibly why we're here, right? To check our nostalgia blinders, as I said way back in episode one. So I suspect that Sultan will have also tired of the combat system, especially toward the end of the game. He did finish it. And I think he'll probably not like the music, but that he'll respect it. And as for the story, I think he's going to like that. There are a lot of interesting twists, if I recall, that come down to Pike later on. Uh, even though the character chemistry is a little one-note, especially early on, the settings and the overall plot structure are varied and fun. Okay, Zoltan, give it to me. Hey, it's the legendary Zoltan! Zoltan! Here to review the game that my co-host Mel has assigned me. That guy Mel, he's so nice. Always assigning you these great games while you assign him crap. Today's game is Baten Kaitos Origins, as Mel has already explained. And the first thing I want to say about this game is, man, it is long. And you know what they say about guys who play long games. Of course, it didn't help that I was hopelessly lost forever in the cloud passage of Diadem. My total playtime was 92 hours. I seem to recall there being a lot more than 92 hours in forever. How the hell did they do it? Well, you see, first, the woman lies down on a bed. And then, how the hell did they fit a 92-hour game with a fair amount of voice acting on two tiny little GameCube discs? Oh, I thought you were asking about something else. I'll tell you how. They made everything very slow. Talk to any NPC and what happens? You have to wait for them to finish the conversation they're having with another NPC. They put their gesturing hands down to their sides. They turn to face you. They talk! The text moves too slowly, so you press the A button to speed it up. But right at the moment you press the button, the first text box finishes and you accidentally skip immediately to the next text box. After they finish talking, you, they pause for a moment and turn back around to continue their previously held conversation. And then you've got to do it all over again because you missed the first text box. Why don't you just do what you always do in real life and not talk to anyone? Because I'm trying to get immersed. The first city you go to in this game is called Mintaka. Mufasa. No, Mintaka. And this town gets you immersed real good. Police. The only thing RPG Town's ever got me immersed in is other people's trivial first world problems. Find my kitty, kill those rats, teach me how to squat with perfect form. Without a doubt, this game has all of those kinds of quests. No joke, one girl in this city is like, I can't sleep without a top of the line state of the art thousand dollar memory foam pillow. Go make one for me! The hell does she think she is? As annoying as all that must sound, it feels totally different from the usual fetch quest because in this world, everything, and I do mean everything, can be magically transferred onto cards called Magnus. A Magnus is exactly what you would imagine. It's a blank card, the size of a playing card, that can capture the essence of anything you want. Anything? That's right, even my penis? Yep, even your penis. And what would happen to my penis if I were to do that? It would disappear from your body and be encapsulated inside a Magnus card. And then I could just carry it around with me? Dude, 
We've opened this up to an infinite number of applications. Indeed, one such application is the aforementioned fetch quests. A person asks you to find their cat, you can find it and literally carry it back to its owner in your back pocket. You can also do things like carry around fire so you can heat something up later, carry around certain cards that increase your attack power and defense, and even mix cards together to create new ones. Hey Zoltan, what if you get if you mix a penis magnus with a court of law magnus? Us a penis! Getting <laughs> back to what I was saying about immersion, the fact that a lot of the fetch quests are for things that you pluck right out of the environment really helps it. The art in this game also helps it because the designs really stand out. Mintaka looks like a giant trumpet. It's great. And the abundance of flavor text from all the NPCs just solidifies the town experience. But every town is slightly longer than the previous one. And by the time you get to Como Mai, you're gonna be there for hours, man! I use the mix of time there as comfortable as possible with all these Como Mai cookies. Now let's talk about the battle system. It's Triple Triad! Dude, I love Triple Triad! Did you get the Robin Williams card? There is no Robin Williams card in this game or any other. This game has 655 different cards you can collect. I don't know how long it takes to collect them all in this game, but in the first Baten Kaitos game, there is a world record 100% speed run that ends at 341 hours. That's only half as long as a Star Ocean 4 100% speed run. The card battle system in this game is pretty sweet. You can make whatever kind of deck you want and then use the cards in battle to destroy your enemies. It feels good. There is just one teensy widow problem. You have to keep your eyes on your cards as you are constantly shuffling through them and discarding to create sweet ass card combos. You said ass card. So you can't watch the battle animations or even see how much damage you're doing. It takes quite a while to get used to battles. And once you figure it all out, you still have to keep your eyes on the cards in the lower right hand part of the screen at least half of the time. But I still love the concept. You can play as many cards as you want, as long as each card is stronger than the previous one and you have enough mana. So you can play a sword equip card, then weak attack, medium attack, strong attack, level four special, level five special, level six special, and then bitches be dead, yo. And then you can add insult to injury by playing the ass card. So that's what the battle system is. Now let me tell you what it is like for me to play it. It was like sharing a midsummer's eve with your one true love and a bacon lettuce tomato sandwich. I started out just looking at the cards and choosing what I can. Eventually you figure out that doing long card combos grants you technical points, which can be used to permanently increase the number of cards you can hold in your hand and the amount of mana you gain from attacks, which you need to do high level special attacks. So I eliminate all defensive, non-comboable cards from my deck and just play everything super aggressively and risky, overkilling every enemy so that I can get the most tech points out of every battle. Then I came across a fire dungeon and I decided that it was time to make element-oriented decks and give them cool names. Flaming Ass Card. Then the Colosseum opened up and all my dreams came true. Tell me the dream, Zoltan. The dream is additional prizes for battles 
On top of all the experience and tech points you've been getting all this time. Tell me the dream, Zoltan. The dream is grinding out five to eight battles in a row with no break in between, resulting in astronomical amounts of tech points. Tell me the dream, Zoltan. The dream is showing the world how amazing you are and then using your newfound fame and glory to get the cute receptionist to sleep with you. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. And that was where the dream ended. Tell me how the dream ended, Zoltan. I made small talk with the receptionist at the Coliseum. And she cursed my name. And then she cursed my game. I wasn't allowed to fight in the Coliseum beyond rank two. And it's all thanks to her. So anyway, to finish this review, the story was great, the battle system was fun and unique, the art was beautiful and very much my type, and the music was not bad. Uh, and the Quest Magnus system made the game very immersive. Thank you for listening. Hey Zoltan, I think I know something that will cheer you up. What is the name of the place that fallen warriors go to in Norse mythology? Asgard! <laughs> And we're back for the discussion section portion, thingamajig, whatever you want to call it, for the seventh episode of Turn-Based Memories, for Bots and Kaito's Origins, for my co-host Zoltan. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. How are you, Mel? I'm doing well also. Good. Um, so, I guess let's get to the first order of business. You took to this game a little better than I thought you would. I thought this game was going to kind of... I don't know, drag it out of you or something like kind of just like take too long or maybe the story wasn't going to be to your liking or, or something. I don't know. I had like more dim uh, prospects for this game only because when I went to go replay it myself, I was like kind of let down by the experience. I don't know. Well, I found it that near the very end. Yeah, I was like, OK, this is going on forever. Jesus Christ. Ninety two hours was my finish time. And um at the end, I was feeling like it was taking too long to do certain things. And for God's sakes, yeah, every town area just feels like it takes a lifetime. But despite that, I was actually really into this game. And I'm not sure how I feel now, but during, like, while playing it, I thought that this game was better than uh, Shadow Hearts Covenant. Oh, wow. Yeah, because uh, oh. it, I, mean, I liked the battles. I liked the card battles at first and the... The leveling up felt good. And what really felt good was the leveling up your technical points with mm. the combos. Uh, so that felt really good. And every area is super beautiful, except for maybe your hometown, Hasele, which is covered in gigantic thorny vines. But somehow I, I just felt like like that place was, the, those thorny vines were also beautiful in some way. And so... Mm. Overall, and I just I loved the designs of just all the places and and yeah, just the setting really really helped. And I kept having deja vu. Were all of the places in the first Baten Kaitos? Some of them were, yeah. Some of them were. Like the Diadem Cloud place definitely yeah. was. I remember that. I remember Was that Nui Nui? I feel yeah, like Yeah, I think it had to have been. Yeah, I think Anui Nui and that same lady, the queen lady, was there. Cordelia, I think her name was. Yes. I think um, she was in because there. this game takes place only twenty years prior 
to the first Boston Kaitos mm. release. Yeah. And so a lot of the same places would be around and they definitely reused some of the backgrounds that they had there, but I think they dressed them up a little more. Mm. Yeah. Sadal Sud is the starting sit, uh, yes. island, I think, in the first one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I like this game a whole lot, actually. And I was really, really, really into it until something happened. <laughs> oh, what happened? Well, you, did you hear what happened to me with the Coliseum in my segment? Oh, really? You were being serious about that? I got glitched, dude. I got glitched Wait. into Oblivion, man. What? Yeah, so apparently, uh, the way it works is you, you fight all the battles to get enough battle points or whatever to go up to the next rank. But you can't just instantly go up to the next rank. You have to wait until you progress to a certain part in the story, and then they will right. send a letter for you to receive this is something we didn't neither of us mentioned in our segments you can get mail at the shops which That's i loved right. reading <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah if, eventually the the coliseum will send you a job to do you know they want you to do some volunteer work before they let you uh increase in rank so i uh -huh. got the first one and i went up to rank two and then i got all my tech uh battle points for the to go up to rank three and I was like, okay, now I just have to wait. And so I, uh, I'm sorry, before I have to wait, though, on the way back, like, out of the Coliseum, after I finished conquering this rank two, I talked to the receptionist. And one of the options you can choose is to make small talk. And I did that. And, she, mm -hmm. and I can't remember what she said at the time. No, I do remember what she said at the time. She said, we have you down for uh, assisting such and such through that Noonkey Valley. That was it through Nunki Valley. So he's waiting there. I was like, oh, that was quick. Went there. Or I wasn't at that part of the game yet, so I didn't see him for a while. Finally got there. I thought I found the guy. He wouldn't, like, come with me. He was sitting there waiting until I beat the game, dude. And oh, then no. apparently, yeah, just to, to sum it up, summarize it, the glitch is if you ever talk to her, do the make small talk option before uh, going up a rank, you can't go up a rank. They messed it up somehow. And so, oh, wow. And I had plans, yo. I had this <sighs> big, big plan. I like, yes, I'm going to just level up so hardcore in the Coliseum because it's like five to eight battles in a row with no breaks in between. Oh, right. it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to get whatever reward they have as early as possible. And nope, couldn't do it. And I was... Mm. It, it, it very much marred my play experience, to be honest. But uh, if I put hmm. that aside, or if I imagine that I had the ability to fight in the Coliseum, <laughs> it was the best game ever. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, you know, uh, the more I thought about it when I was writing up my notes for this, I was like, you know, hmm, he really took to the game more than I thought. But then I was like, ah, this game includes a whole lot of grinding and numbers going up and whatnot. And that's kind of Sultan's speed. He's really kind of yeah. into that. So I was like, I, you know, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Um, um, well, that's interesting because I, I, um, I remember liking it a bunch when I first played it, as I said in the segment, and then as I kind of came back to it, I felt like every, like the individual fights, like the throwaway fights took way too long. <laughs> uh, so as the game got later and later, I felt like normal battles took, were taking too long and I had this whole plan to remedy that in the Coliseum, <laughs> but, uh, I couldn't because I wanted to but just. You made a really good point. 
about not being able to see the damage you do because you're too busy staring at the cards. Yeah, for like the first fourth of the game, I was just like, am I doing a good job? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there are like elemental weaknesses that you have to take into consideration. And it's like, uh, sometimes they show you like a number in like a red starburst that show that you did like extra damage or whatever. And I, yeah. I remember not really being able to tell when that was happening. I figured it out. I think I figured it out. I didn't never, I didn't never confirm it online. But uh, I think occasionally you can uh, knock an enemy down, and the next hit while they're down will be that red number. I think. Oh, that's right. You can knock stuff down. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of going through cards, and I was yeah. like, I know there's strategy here, but I feel like I'm never given enough time to like dive into it because I'm always on the clock for like a two second <laughs> at yeah. most follow up. Two seconds to choose your next card. Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, dude. So yeah, it, I, I'm actually really proud of myself that I figured out as much as I did without ever checking guides, but mm -hmm. um. It's not every time you choose a card. You can sometimes choose a card, and the timer doesn't increase to, like, two more seconds. It's freaking when you go up a mana level. Oh. So, like, you're at level one. You choose the next card. It wasn't, it wasn't enough to increase your level. You choose another card, and then you get more time. Time on the timer. Okay, that makes sense. Because I did notice on some occasions I ran out of time faster than it seemed like in other cases. Yeah. Um, the time, oh, the, the window for a relay combo is never shown to you. And that time is not always the same either. Well, that time, I think it, yeah, they don't show the time. And I think, actually, it's I'm based not on sure. when the other person is about to start attacking, I think. Well, that's what I thought, too, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm sitting there in the relay time, yeah. and then the enemy just starts attacking, and I can still put it in. And... Yeah, I'm so, not, yeah, I'm I'm not sure about based on. Yeah, I'm not Because sure I know on combo. some occasions with the relay combo, I only had enough time to get, like, um, equipment level. level zero out. I was like, what? No, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <over>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's based on, but you know, I mean, that's the combat system. It's really quick. It's Maybe a little too fast for its own good, and it's really grindy. So if that's a thing that anyone out there is really interested in, like Zoltan is, then you're probably going to respond pretty well to it. Yeah. But how about the story? Because I noticed you didn't make any uh, long concessions for your feelings on the story. Was it kind of throwaway in your opinion, or not interested, or you just didn't mention it? I just didn't mention it, but... One thing I want to say about the battle system, because you mentioned you felt like there wasn't really much in the way of strategy. But what little bit of strategy I found throughout my thing. Because <laughs> I found some. Because there were, dude, oh my god, there were a lot of ba boss battles that I could not battles. beat forever. Like, literally, literally, over three hours just pressing retry. It, it happened to Was me it? multiple times. Was it the hollow, hollow bird? Was that one of them? Yes, dude. That was one of them. That was the first one. Okay. Oh so my God. did you in any way get screwed by that fight? Because it comes right after the disc change. Well, no. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. But no, I just... Uh, his, oh, so you're saying that if you save bef during the disc change, you have to beat the fight no matter what or you're screwed? Unless you have some sort of a backup save file, which I didn't have or no. didn't think to make right before then. So if you're like, oh shit, I don't have enough cards, or oh shit, I, you know, I'm too low level, or 
whatever happened and you're just not prepared for that fight, if you don't set up correctly <laughs> to this thing that you have no, how could you possibly know you're in for this? Then you're, you're locked into whatever you have right now for this damn boss fight. <laughs> I, I didn't take note of that, but now that you're saying it, yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah. no, my whole mentality was, no, I'm staying here. I'm placing retry until the bird dies. And so I altered my, my deck a million times for that battle. And, uh, one useful thing I did, though, I had the Dragon's Claw item, and you can use that, and it shows, one, all the, the amount of AP the enemy has, just like a little gauge appears under them, and it says, weakness, fire. Well, in that case, it was thunder, though, mm-hmm. and so that was really useful, and so I, I tried to make mm. a fire and lightning deck because the, the small birds, or maybe they're just when they're in eggs, yeah, when they're in eggs, they're weak to fire, and then when they come out of the egg... They're weak to lightning, and I, t- I tried all this stuff and all this stuff, and my eventually what it came down to is kill one egg, one one bird, and then focus on the mama one, and then when a new one hatches, kill kills kill just one of the new ones. Don't try to kill them both first or whatever. And <laughs> oh god, it took forever. So that was one strategy I found. Another strategy is I found that um, Millie has the most defense, surprisingly, and hmm. and so. Um, and she has so I just make her kind of like the healer and the dedicated knock the enemy down because she has those occasional plus one attacks or plus two card oh, attacks, right? And those often knock them down, and then whatever the next attack is will be like double damage or whatever, and it'll be that little red mark. And mm-hmm. uh, the person to use is definitely Gilo because Gilo has like like fifty percent or so more attack than Sagi. It's amazing. So mm. I was using that to my advantage. And then mm-hmm. and then for the end game, for like the final boss and stuff, I was having a really hard time with that. But what I found the best way to do, just take out the level 4, level 5, and level 6 specials and just put in your 1, 2, 3, and level 7. That's, <laughs> that, that was the best way. That was the most, the quickest way to kill things is just to do that, at least at the end. Clever. Yeah. I, that's all my strategy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun doing yeah. all that stuff. I had a great time. I, I, I think I, I think all of the strategy. My problem with the strategy was it's all reserved for those boss fights. All of the fights that you run into over and over and over again are pretty like hard to lose with mm. just like running through your deck normally. And you know that's fine, but they they come at such a, a clip that it it can be a little exhausting. At least it wasn't my experience. And yeah. I was um, playing... I, I did a couple interesting things because I was able to get the game running on an emulator and um, I was able to... Normally what I'll do if I'm trying to save some time is speed the game emulator up, but yeah. that doesn't work in this game because oh. you, you have oh. a limited amount of time to <laughs> yeah. pick your card. <laughs> you have to be really... You have to really know what you want to do. Fast. Yeah. yeah, and I tried that for a little bit, but also what I did, which was interesting, is um, <clears throat> because it's an emulator, you can remove like layers of the background and yeah. move like the camera in certain ways. Since it's all pre-rendered, you can see which parts of the background are actually animated 3D objects and which are painted flat backdrops. And that was interesting because if you remove all of the overlay, yeah. you get what looks like a hand-drawn... Like, you can see pen scratches and all these other things that are on what is just 
some artwork basically yeah. that you're running around on top of. That's what I thought. It, so it's, it's really nice. Yeah. So they're not actually 3D renders. They're actually just hand drawn art, right? It's just hand drawn art, and then they did like some programming to make your character sprite, you know, move a certain way along the art, shrink and increase yeah. in size and yeah. whatever, and put whatever clipping boundaries. And the then on top of that, mm. they put some 3D objects that your character can interact with. Or like in Diadem, most of the cloud effects, those are 3D. Yeah. You can wipe those away, and then you would just have like drawings behind it. It's pretty mm. interesting. Yeah. Um, the characters aren't just 3D models themselves? The characters are. The characters are just 3D models. Okay. Oh, right. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a painting. So the background is yeah. 3D. So yeah, they have to do some programming for that. Yeah. I see. Yeah, they have to. Otherwise, you're just moving like straight up and down across, but your character will move down like in the Z axis, like smaller and or larger, mm. and that has to all get programmed in. But um, yeah, back to the story. Sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. I thought the story got really interesting, and I remember not really um, feeling too strongly about it on my first playthrough. Um, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention, which is possible. Or I just wasn't interested in the story it had to tell at the time. But even though I didn't finish it on this playthrough, I went ahead and read what the story is just to refresh myself. And it kind of goes some places. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if you thought so or no. I did feel so. Um, in the beginning, it just seemed kind of uh, well, simple enough, I guess, and very mm -hmm. easy to understand, which I appreciated. And then they... They hit you with all the convoluted stuff all at the end, kind of like yes. FF4, really. That they they did that too, right? And um, uh, I really enjoyed one thing they did that I think really helps. And th this is freaking Monolith Soft, right? Monolith Soft and Tri Crescendo. Um, and one thing that Monolith Soft has also done. This is the freaking same guys who made Xenosaga, which means it's the same, basically the same guys who made Xeno Gears back in the day when they worked at SquareSoft. <laughs> yep. And one thing they did, at least on Xenogears, are they had like these recurring boss fights, and with and with which means that it, the character you're fighting is from the story, and you know you're fighting someone who has a lot of character d development, and so you know you got you had multiple battles mm. with Valara and one battle Giacomo. with Nasca, Giacomo and uh, Hughes. Yes. So yeah, I I thought that helped a lot. And yeah, those those are interesting. Yeah, I, I like those kind of things because you know who the guy is. It's not just a random holo holo bird in the jungle, <laughs> right? You know, it's not just a big rat or something, right? So I really like that helped a lot. But yeah, one thing uh, that also really appeals to me in in stories is a mission based system or a mission based organization of the story. So you become um, you you side with Quaster Varus for the game mm -hmm. and then he just like okay go do this mission okay go do that mission okay go do this like okay yo sh i can have some enthusiasm about my next mission <laughs> i'm supposed to go and find the criminal in the town of aja that's what i got to do great i'm gonna be excited for that and so mm -hmm. yeah you you have an idea of what you're doing basically the whole time and then way at the end it's you know crazy plot twists spoiler things <laughs> that are amazing i like them a i really spoiler millie's a robot that was cool i i was like what like they kept so when when millie joins your party i was like no i don't want millie i mean she's cute but come on obviously she's 
the most suspicious person in the world because yeah. she just joined us from out of nowhere. And then you have yep. this one scene uh, where, you know, her mo your, your mother. Oh, I love that your mother was in the game. That made it really emotional. And mm -hmm. um, your mother talks to her like, I know you're a good person. Please take care of Sagi. And, you know, I forgive you for whatever you do. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. She's got some kind of tie with the enemy. You know, I didn't know that she was the daughter, but whatever. Mm -hmm. She's related to him. She's spying on us or something. I had this all in my mind. Did not expect that she was a robot. <laughs> I remember that being like, Whoa, what? Yeah. Not really a yeah, robot, though. That was though. Like a big moment. Just had, like, mechanical <laughs> implants in her to, to save her. She was, right? like, half robot. Yeah, she was not just, like, a total automaton. But she was, yeah, she had, like, robot parts. Yeah. Was, that was pretty good. I mean, I knew there was going to be a lot of, I didn't remember, blah, blah, blah. Because the whole, like, earliest plot mechanic is you've got, like, some sort of strange amnesia. And you keep flipping back and forth between this dream world and the real world and yeah. whatever. Oh, that was interesting. So I knew something like that was coming down the line and I liked both sets of characters. I kind of liked, I thought Saki was a pretty interesting, like for being obviously a stand in for the player, I felt he was still handled really well. He was kind of sweet and kind of believable yeah. and not like a, a uh, I don't know, like a, I'm going to save the world kind of guy. He's like, I want to help my mom out. Yeah. Like, it's I, nice. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that about him, too, that he kept wanting to go back home and see his mom. And yeah. I, I thought that was really great. And um, it, was, it was a really well done thing. Yeah, I thought so, too. And uh, I had a great thought, and now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it. Sorry. Uh, uh, other stuff in the story. There, there were lots of things in the story that I really liked. Um, all right. I, I, one thing that they kept that I thought they were going to do and then they didn't do, I thought that the story was going to be that um, Quaster, not Quaster, sorry, the other guy, Bailheit, Lord Bailheit. Yeah. Like, it's like he's, he doesn't like wing, wings of the heart. He's all about Machina. And, and probably it's because he's not a spirit or himself and can't understand them or something. But then they show that one scene, like before they, all the reveals and stuff, where he's like, what do you think, you know, my spirit or whatever. So he, like, he talks to his spirit just for a second and like what what wait a minute they're trying to tell mm -hmm. me now that he actually is a spirit too and his spirit is telling him machina is the way like i thought that yeah. was i thought that's where it was gonna go but uh instead what they did was uh the, instead what they did was that quaestor Varus's spirit was a fake and i did not see that coming either hmm yeah, those were good twists. And yeah. your own spirit, which is supposed to be you, like literally the player, is not really a spirit either, right? Yeah, it's a... Wait, how... how it was something implanted in you, right? Yeah, I forget. I had to read that part of it because that's further in the game than I got this time around, so I didn't remember. But it was something like your spirit is not... It's not... You're not really a spiriter, basically. It's, yeah. it's, it's what you think it is because it's what it seems... And that, that whole spirit or concept is really cool. It's something they took over from the first one, which comes after this, where the yeah. character will just kind of turn to the camera and say, well, what do you think? And <laughs> there's a reason for that. And, <laughs> yeah. And they, they handle it pretty well, I think. 
Although I always thought like the periods where they have to like skip your name <laughs> over in the dialogue is really awkward every time. Yeah, they didn't do it as well as the Dragon Quest Eight governor thing, the gov thing. Oh right, they, yeah, that I was always, perfect, that was clever. Yeah, that worked out great. But in this one, and in the end, it's not actually the name that you give it, right? So I give it my real name, but uh, I thought. Yeah, in the end, you're actually the spirit inside of you is actually Marno, right? Oh, right. So like that's what it is, right? Yeah. So if you do it correctly, you'd name him Marno, but I named yeah. him Jahan. <laughs> and <laughs> but even after you find out that it's Marno, he keeps calling you Jahan, and I'm like, wait a minute, is it is it me or is it or is it Marno? <laughs> it's Marno, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. That is interesting. <laughs> I I always thought that was a cool concept and. The, you're supposed to answer like in sync with Saki so that you um you get those like bonus cards, those like lucky card draws more often, I think was the, the What? Stick. That's what yeah, that so is? You know, yeah, so you know when you're pulling cards and one of the cards like sparkles? Yeah, because the card it's the next need, one you like, need. Oh my god, I'm low on health and it's the health card. Exactly. This affects oh. that. Well, this... So if you like go against him and it's like, even though it's presented as like a role-playing choice, like, I'm going to be a stern spirit or whatever. What you're supposed to do is just agree with Sagi yeah. so that you're in sync and then your battles are easier. <laughs> you know, man, I was wondering if it affected anything. And now that you're telling me it affects the chance of those magic cards coming up, oh, I really wish I just agreed with him because he says yeah me and Jahan we gotta we, we need to be in line with all of our thoughts like they say that mm -hmm. and I thought to myself so am I supposed to be just agreeing with him all the time is that gonna be the better yeah, thing basically. to do and apparently <laughs> it was because I I actually intentionally went against him multiple times like half the time <laughs> I always tried to agree with him and I even then I still got it wrong because they don't always make it clear like what he wants <laughs> and <laughs> So, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And then when Lord Palehide's talking to his, they still show the the spirit picking a dialogue choice. I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny, yeah. They they showed it during so, the, near the ending, yeah. Yeah, I think they showed it early, early on oh, when they? I... Or, yeah, before I stopped playing, uh, they show him talking to his spirit. And then they show that little, like... Bloop, 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 bloop of yeah. the dialogue choices going on the tone. I thought I was like, am I his spirit too? What? No. <laughs> oh, that would have been an interesting twist. That would have been really weird. A spirit inhabiting two bodies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. What else do I have in my notes? Um, yeah, I thought the, the backgrounds didn't age as well as they did in my head. I think that was just a result of it having been many years since mm -hmm. I played this game, and it was probably not on a CRT. I mean, probably not on an LCD. It was probably on a CRT television yeah. where the blurriness kind of works for the image. I have, um, um, I have my, uh, uh, I played it on the Wii, and I had it hooked up with a component cable into, mm -hmm. like, my game capture device and then from there goes AV uh, I'm sorry HDMI out so I think I was getting the best possible picture and I thought it looked really good yeah I, I think I must have had higher like expectations in my head because I was looking I was like whoa is this like really that blurry are these yeah images not as like super quick because I was coming off of 
playing like the Resident Evil games on GameCube, where the newer ones of those look really good even today. Hmm. Um, maybe they just had a higher budget. I don't know, but those backgrounds are also pre-rendered, and they still look like not quite like a photo, but they look pretty good. And I must have had similar uh, images in my head for this game and probably bought on Kaito's first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it looked good enough. <laughs> it didn't bother me. Yeah, after a while it was okay. Although I was getting, like... Hey, this is a little off topic, but <clears> the, <throat> uh, the whole, like, trumpet theme in Mintaka was yeah. just, like, throwing me for a loop. I was like, are there really that many fucking pipes all <laughs> over the place in this... Like this, who designed this place? Yeah, I know, right? I really loved the area designs, but yeah, the most cra- the craziest one was definitely Mintaka. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of them were really themed in like these elegant, nice, like floating continents. Of course, they're all gonna look majestic and whatever. Yeah. Mintaka is just like you said, like a giant trumpet. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool idea, though. I never would have thought is. of that. <laughs> Although I, I like the idea that the more important you are, the more like pipes you have around your residence i'm like doesn't that just mean the more important you are the more fucking like plumbing there is in your house (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's machina gas going spewing all out into the city and every house everywhere (laughs) well something they don't i don't think they ever mention it directly but um how much of the first game do you remember not much at all and so i was Do you remember that there's a character who has a gun that looks like those brass pipes no. Okay, so he's from that place. Okay. And he has, like, the, the whole, like, weird brass trumpet thing was brought over from the first game. Yeah. And his gun shot sound waves oh, that whoa. were, like, kinetic sound waves that would deal damage. And they mention it once or twice if you... Because you can go up and examine like every little fucking yeah everything roll in the of toilet paper yeah <laughs> and still have something to say about it yeah and which which is awesome but also a little tedious yeah. and there's in Lord Bailhide's chamber there's a cannon that looks like oh. a trumpet kinda and if I you examine it. it they mention this is like sound wave early sound wave technology of the whatever blah 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 oh that's cool and I was like oh that's right I forgot like that's what these things are partly supposed to be for and it's like and the whole kernel of the idea in the first game is well what if someone weaponized a trumpet yeah. <laughs> and they, they built that out into the theme of an entire continent which I thought was awesome yeah <laughs> I, I freaking love how Sagi is like the ultimate bed connoisseur he has something to say about oh every bed ever made and they're all different <laughs> every single bed has a different thing to say it's amazing it, it kind of makes me feel for the translation team that had to work for this game. It was 8-4 play, dude. Was it 8-4? Yeah, it said it, dude. In the c- credits, oh I saw it. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. Of course it was them. And oh, jeez. Actually, I found out, like, just, I guess, somewhere on the internet that it was 8-4 play before, like, in the beginning of my play. And at first, I was like, dude, 8-4 play sucks because, like, in the beginning, I just was not having the dialogue. It did not mm-hmm. seem good to me at all. You said you thought the voice acting was pretty good. In the beginning, I was not enjoying the voice acting at all. And this game also has the option to turn it off. And I turned it off. And uh, then, okay. Yeah, but around after, I don't know, somewhere around the halfway point, I turned it back on. And I was okay with it. And as it went on and on further, 
I guess I just got used to what kind of characters these are and what they sound like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came to like particularly... I didn't really ever like Soggy's voice. It, it seemed, I guess, just too generic sounding. And, sure. But uh, I really li- I thought Milliard was uh, the best. And I thought Lord Bill Height was kind of amazing as well in, the, in his ending talks. I uh, thought the, the whole Gilo mechanic where they layered a man and yeah. a woman's voice over on top of the character was interesting. But it kind of got in the way a little bit. I don't know. I wasn't like super keen on that. But I liked it. But uh, I always like to think of her as a girl. Gilo, a, yeah. There's a feminine design to like the outline of the character, for sure. Yeah, and she claims that she's like one of the members of the love quadrangle for Sagi. And <clears throat> and freaking Milliard's like, quadrangle? Who the hell are you talking about? If there's me and there's if there's me and Sagi and Lolo, the girl Lolo, who's the fourth mm. in Sagi and Gilo's like, Me, of course. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was a girl. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be just a a machine, but um, well, it's a golem, right? It's something that came to life. Right. It's not just a, it's not just like a mechanism. Yeah, right? it's not. No, it's not. But it's it's similar to that. Um, but it's like I said in my part, it's way better than the voice acting in the first. They must have gotten more money for the voice actors or whatever. But woof, it's yeah. bad in the first one. Oh, that yeah. one I turned it off. I this one I left that. it on, but Xaruni. Yeah, um, so I think my last point is just on the play style and my, my only real point there is I have to agree with where you kind of took the, like being more aggressive as we've kind of already pointed yeah. out is kind of the way to go. And it makes me wonder who on earth is using those non comboable defense cards. Like, yeah. When are those ever the right moves? I don't think they ever were the right move. I mean, the only <laughs> non-comboable cards I used were healing items for yes. boss fights. But and then also that dragon's claw where I could see the enemy's HP to see if I'm just like making a dent in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you never use that, dude, use it. It it feels so good to be able to see the uh, the HP. And I think the effect lasts as long as the your character never dies, which did happen multiple times. But um uh yeah, in the end, I like I so I made six or seven different decks throughout the game, and yeah, one of them was just like, I think I called it Suffering's End or something because <laughs> it's just like as quickly as possible to kill the enemy kind of deck, no no healing items at all, and I used that for the, all the regular fights, and then when I died at boss battle, which I died at literally every single boss battle, like even if I didn't have that uh, risky deck uh, equipped. I never beat a boss battle without dying. Not even once. Bosses are tough. Like, uh, the bosses in this game make sure you know what you're doing in this game. And they commit, like, one of your favorite sins, unbeatable boss fights throughout the whole game. <laughs> like, every yeah, boss true. is unbeatable. Yeah, at some point, every boss is like, all right, enough, whap. Yeah. <laughs> That's how every <laughs> boss fight ends. They didn't annoy you? <laughs> um, no, because I think it was more like you did have to apply a certain amount of damage. You were making progress in the fight. It wasn't like a boss fight that started, and then if you died early, it was the same thing. Like You had to deal a certain amount of damage to them. I'm not they were sure. unbeatable. Hmm. Really? Could I'm not just sh- like... Well, in the beginning, for sure, there's like that fight when freaking Valara comes to your hometown or whatever, to that mm-hmm. island, and uh, when you fight her in your hometown... 
Like, I couldn't beat her. I couldn't do anything. And so I thought she was too hard and I had to lose to her. And so I made a deck called Pure Defense, and I didn't put any attack cards in it. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just put, I put some basic attack cards, and then I just put, like, armor and healing items. And that's all I did. And, like, I didn't do hardly any damage to her. And then I beat the battle. Oh, okay. But, Maybe, but most of I the other know. ones, it seemed like, yeah, I had to deal damage. Yeah. Although, you're right. That, is, that does seem to crop up in basically every boss fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, like, how, how did Mel like this game? Every boss battle is an unbeatable boss battle. <laughs> Nearly it all didn't, of them. It didn't even occur to me. And the shopping is non-existent. There's no <laughs> shopping. Yeah, I checked. I thought I was being super clever, dude. I saved all those Magnus coupon packs, pack mm -hmm. coupons, until the end of the game. I was like, well, if these are the cards I can get at the first shop, I can probably get all the best cards at the last shop. And so I had 16 Magnus coupons at the final oh shop. Boy. Used all of them. Did not get anything of, of interest that I really wanted. I so there, there is very light shopping, but it's it's basically like garbage. Like you're not you're gonna find all of the necessary magnets yeah. that you need. You're not you're not gonna buy it. Like unless you're really bad at exploring and you didn't explore uh, or collect rather, then if, yeah. If you're the collector, then maybe you need to buy the ones that you haven't that that aren't out in the world map or whatever. But in terms I of guess. beating the game yeah, because there are 655, and I – so looking in that freaking Magnus list, um, you're, the, I, I managed to do that thing where you level up cards, you improve mm -hmm. cards or whatever in the shop, just like to yep. a few of them, and they all got their own space in the Magnus list. So I'm thinking about half of the cards are just the upgraded versions of your current Probably. cards. Probably. So I'm thinking I found most of the cards. You uh, probably did. There's also battle. ones where you have to like mix them together. Okay, I didn't find all of those, but yeah, yeah, that I I liked that actually. But oh man, like if, if I wanted to find all of the cards, that would I don't think I want to do that. I don't like the game mm. that much. <laughs> yeah, I I don't blame you. I'm not I'm not that big of a completionist myself, so I I don't think I would have uh, bothered with that either. Dude, dude. But t t speaking about quest, Magnus, I did the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> what's that? I went to Como Mai, and you know how they're passing out those Como Mai cookies. I remember that. Yes. D did you notice that uh, the Como Mai cookies increase your attack or def your attack? I think. I, I did not remember. No. So I I did the thing where you can just say take as many as you can hold, and I took like <laughs> a million freaking <laughs> Como Mai cookies, and I practically doubled my attack power. And then I went Jesus. to the last Bethel. Mm -hmm. And I got the uh, attack aura, which I happened to just throughout the game find find the level three attack charm. So I got the oh, level wow. three attack aura, and I had what I think is an insane number of attack power, particularly on Gilo, because she's got like a lot more attack power than the other two. And mm -hmm. I, that was my um, freaking strategy to beat Wise Man, because I be, I spent three hours on him and then failed, and I had to go back and do it again. Like, I couldn't beat him. <laughs> so I did that, those, and I won. Those, those auras, I think, are probably only best used for boss fights because they last only a specific amount of 
time. Yeah, I time think, or battles or something. Fire or something like that. They do. Yeah. yeah. So for a while, I wasn't sure. Like, what, what are these things good for? But um, that's what they're yeah, good for. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what they're good for. And I mean, if you just look at the price, the attack one is the most expensive one. So I guess that means it's the best one. And yeah, I never bothered trying any of the other ones. Yeah, I, I tried them when I first got access to them, and then I realized, oh, these are just like temporary weird buffs and whatever. So outside of that, you know, I didn't. Uh, were you also? I'm assuming you were crafting like elemental decks too, right? I did. Yeah, I said that in my segment yeah. that I made some elemental yeah, yeah, yeah. decks. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. like the first time you come to a a fire dungeon, I actually died on the regular battles, and then I made the ice deck. And yeah. how nice of the game designers to freaking make that place. And the next place require ice magic. That was nice of them. <laughs> so I was really happy to get a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, distance out of my deck. And uh, I gave them all cool names. Did you name your decks anything cool? So no, I got very utilitarian with it, and I just named mine like ice offense <laughs> mixed offense or defense ice offense fire whatever, which is like just enough room in the field yeah. to type out because it could be only like ten or twelve characters. It's really stupid, but yeah, they didn't they didn't give you enough spaces, but I made some cool names. I, and I think the menuing around, which is also something I think that's worth spending like a, a, just a second on, yeah. is really good because they have cursor memory, which is nice. Yes. They remember the last place you were at, which is really cool. The menus are super efficient yeah. and not confusing at all, even though you are paging through a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And all those cards and too. stuff. Yeah, it's it's really I the game's really smartly laid out from like a UI perspective. And I, I really appreciated that, like, every time I played it. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you have, question-wise, for me? Just a couple. Uh, did you need any maps to beat this game, like, your first time? Because um, I was drawing maps like, uh, not like crazy, I'm sorry, but for a couple of the dungeons, particularly the last one, the last one was <laughs> that just did, did the thing you said, dude, in the Sins episode. Long last uh, last dungeon was the longest by far and maze like, and I had to draw it I all out. Probably did. I probably did. It's been forever since I got to the last dungeon, but I remember having to go on uh, Game Facts at least once or twice because uh, the Hollow Hollow Bird fight screwed me over. I was not prepared for it. And the first thing you do if you go on there, back when the board was active yeah. on Game Facts. It was all like posts about the Hollow Hollow Bird. Like, I don't, I don't know, oh my God, because everyone else got screwed. So, yeah, it's uh, I must have, I must have relied on some sort of a guide or whatever on my first playthrough. I probably did. Mm, yeah, it would have been so fun. Well, it would have been so fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to do everything myself, but I think it would have been fun to have that guide to like help you find all the freaking quest magnus like that mm -hmm. very first town of mintaka where the girl asked for a pillow i didn't give her <laughs> her i didn't get her pillow back to her until the end of the goddamn game like how do i make a goddamn pillow i couldn't figure i didn't figure it out for a long time but yeah there was a recipe in the recipe menu i just i didn't want to spend a lot of time making those i guess <laughs> no neither did i i think the part where you have to make clouds and diadem i was like oh god yeah, you have to wait a certain amount of time to mix the ingredients because it's like a real battles. time timer. I think yeah, it's a battle fight timer. Battles. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's a battle timer, and it's just like I remember this from the first game where like your fruit would spoil or whatever, and 
that, that your actual healing items would go bad in the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts. Dude, that's it happened in this one too, by the way. Or not your healing items, but your quest magnets can go bad. Your quest could go bad, but they weren't also like you weren't healing yourself with those bananas that went bad <laughs> like you were in the first one. Oh, it was the quest magnets you healed yourself with in the first one? Well, there wasn't quest magnets. It oh. was just magnets. Okay, and yeah. I think yeah, I don't remember exactly how that game works, but I remember you could end up drawing like rotten fruit instead of a good fruit. <laughs> yeah, which you can do in this one too. But yeah, oh man, yeah. At, after I destroyed a uh, wise man with my Como my cookies and my auras, on the mm -hmm. way out, um, like I was, you have to go back to like two screens of like that battlefield. And those freaking angels, they hit you with, like, this ice attack, and it, it's pretty hard to avoid. Uh, and if they hit you with it, then you're going to be in a battle. And so I couldn't escape without getting into battles. And guess what happened when I entered the battle? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All my Como, Como My Cookies were, were had just gone rotten. And I, had, and I went from, like, literally 2,600 HP to 200 HP, and I died, like, over and over and over again. Oh. It's okay. The save point is before you have to leave. So I didn't have to fight the battle again. I can just see you sitting there like, my cookies! <laughs> well, the first like four times I was like, how come I only have 200 HP? And I was like, bewildered. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, I bet they all went bad. And I looked like, oh my god, all my cookies went bad. Okay, thank god. That's all it is. <laughs> I thought it was, I actually thought it was the Dragonhorn Quest Magnus. Because you can take the black dragon's horn, and I thought, okay, this must be an amazing freaking oh. Magnus or something, because it's lowering my HP down this low. But no, it was just cookies gone bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just a couple things I wanted to say. Uh, one mm -hmm. about the music, and one about disc two. The music, Motui Sakuraba, one of my favorite uh, composers. Uh, he has a very, uh, you know distinguishable style i think and yeah. a lot of people do not like it and i would say that he's made so many games that basically a lot of the time he's kind of dialing d dialing it in and then uh he just makes like a few standout tracks like in every game mm. and in this game yeah there were like a couple sort of standout tracks but nothing as awesome as the standout tracks in uh Batam Kaitos won, in my opinion. I thought they were so much better. And some of the places had remixes of the of the music he used in Batam Kaitos 1. Particularly, Sadal Sud's music was uh, one of my favorite. Uh, not, what's the town in Sadal Sud called? Faircod? Fer not Faircod. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Something, yeah, Faircod. Something like that. Something like that. Th that town had my one of my favorite songs in the original Batan Kaitos, and they re he remixed it up, and I hate it now. <laughs> I don't like what he did <laughs> with it. Like, he took out the melody and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. the same thing with freaking Mintaka. There is this amazing dungeon theme in, um, in uh, Batan Kaitos 1 called Imperial Dynamics. It's the greatest song ever hmm. with the greatest title it. ever. Yeah, and they didn't have that song in in Mintaka or in it, in like that was like the perfect uh, music to put for the final dungeon. They should have put it there, but he didn't put that one back. So, the battle music got stuck in my head. I will say that. Yeah, just the one battle song, right? And the boss. Yeah, battle. I think so. The boss yeah. battle had heavy metal, though. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a JRPG. It's gonna have some heavy metal in it somewhere. <laughs> 
I guess so. But dude, last thing I want to ask you, what did you think about the whole open-ended uh, aspect of Disc 2? Because you may not know this, but Monolith Soft, creators of Xenosaga, and then basically most of them are the creators of Xenogears, and then Chrono Cross. And go back even further, we're talking mo possibly even a lot of them were involved in uh, Chrono Trigger. And I don't know if you know this, but Chrono mm. Trigger is the gold standard for side quests in RPGs. Right. And that's kind of what they did in this game, where once Disc 2 comes, you go back home, you see your mom, you talk to that one little kid, and he just tells you all the things that you could do. So what's happening mm. in Diadem? Well, that dude Nazca's still there. Okay, what's happening in freaking Nuki <laughs> Valley? Well, that dude Hughes is still there. And then I love how you're supposed to go back, now that you've become one with your spirit, Marno, or whatever you named him. Whoever, yeah. yeah. And um, you're supposed to go back to all those previously unbeatable bosses and finally beat them. And you could do it in any order, and it's... I freaking... I was in love with that. Disc 2 was amazing to me. What did you think hmm. of that? I must not have been as impressed by it, because I didn't get to it on this playthrough, and I had totally forgotten that the game opens up like that uh, since then. So something about... I think that harkens back to an older style of role-playing game that I just had no affinity for. So mm. it must not have, like registered with me like oh my god they're doing this thing like to me it was like oh uh, they opened it up <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i guess yeah it's a thing in chrono trigger is not a thing that would come yeah. to your mind yeah right because like that i feel like there's so much as we've gone through this series i feel like there's so many um like i don't know tropes is kind of the word in yeah. jrpgs where they try to um make like some sort of a callback to like the airship moment and honestly uh, before we started this this series whatever the airship moment was isn't something i would have universally defined or been able to define in a jrpg nor is like that open world moment where suddenly the side quests all pop up uh, at once toward the yeah. end like those are all Things were like, all right, people are expecting this turn. It's a JRPG. We're going to come and now you got your airship. Now you got the open world. Now you got like whatever the other like tropes are. And to me, it wouldn't have registered. But also now that I know them, I, I'm seeing them like everywhere. <laughs> pretty cool. I, I guess it's pretty cool. I hadn't actually thought about that. Like I, I guess like, like in Final Fantasy XII, what they did with the airships when I first played FF12, I was like, oh, I freaking love what they're doing. I'm sorry, not with the airships. Well, yes, what, what they did with the summoning names and the airships, they kind of combined them. So there's the the huge air for, uh, airship called the E-Freed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those are usually names re uh, reserved for the summoning spells. And then usually you get to have the airship and it's the good guys thing. But in FF12, it's like usually the bad guys thing and they're named after the summons. I thought that was a cool thing. But uh, beyond that, I don't know. I never really cared about the airship moment. But I did care about the world opening up moment, apparently, just because it felt so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's more side quests. It's more stuff to do. If that's, That seems to be like the major like attract point for you in these games. For me, it's usually how, what's the next cool thing I'm going to get? That's always for me, uh. like 
the attract point. So like the airship is like a really cool toy. <laughs> I see. I want the cool toy or I want the cool ability or whenever a game opens up in a way where now you have this ability or power or thing at your disposal, that to me is always like a really cool standout moment. And more so than like, I now have all these side quests or I can start collecting whatever that to me, I always, I would do as a kid, but usually only with the aid of some sort of a guide to Mm. make it, less tedious for me well the thing that made it good in this game and in chrono trigger is really just the fact that there's this one guy that tells you what all of them are mm. where like older uh, other games like say final fantasy 7 is a game where you can do lots of things and at the end of the, that game it's like getting the best weapons so it's totally worth your while but mm-hmm. you would just have to scour the earth because there's, there's no hint of where you got to go to get this thing or that thing or anything. Mm-hmm. But the, in this game and also Chrono Trigger, this one guy just tells you everything. There's this, 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 this and this. It's like awesome. <laughs> Let's go do each one. <laughs> so Yeah, the game, like you were saying before, the game is very mission-oriented. They kind of organize everything you have to do in that quest log. Mm. They do, Yeah, they do. I didn't finish all those quests. God damn it. <laughs> Neither did I. Fuck that. Too many. Yeah, and most of them, it's just like going to be this small, insignificant Magnus as a reward, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I didn't get them all. I don't know. Some of them, you, you're going to get really crazy things. Like I hear that if you can fill out the entire uh, bestiary, take it back to the dude at the beginning of Hasele, and uh, he'll give you something amazing, I think. Um, I noticed Probably. that there. I noticed that there were those little, little small characters called gray thorns a uh, little animals. yeah and occasionally you'd meet one that said it looks like it's staring right into my soul and i'm like what okay that must be a thing so i took a memo of that for every single one because i'm just like really good at rpgs <laughs> apparently apparently <laughs> yeah i just know what to take a memo and then some way near the end of the game you get this thing called a heart link and they're like yeah use it on gray thorns and i'm like Pfft. Okay, had my notes, went back to every Greythorn in the game, oh my God. used it. I mean, because I knew right where they were, because I had memos. Sure. What did, uh, what did they give you? What does that give you? Um, well, they each give you like little things like a uh, uh, oh, quest Magnus, like uh, yeah. like a like you get a Magnus for a Greythorn song and a Greythorn stuffed animal and all these different Greythorn oh. things. But I didn't get whatever the best thing you can get from that is which I can't remember what it is, but if you find all of the gray thorn things and then take it back to the guy, you get something amazing something. again. But I didn't did get, you get it. Did you get all those uh, Sedna Magnus for that weird claymation town? Dude, I was really into that, and I was searching high <laughs> and low, and I found all but two of them. Oh. So, I don't that know. That place is cool. Like, that whole, like, whoever built that, like, really built that is, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they really built it and just took a picture, right? Yeah, they had to have. That had to have been. It looks yeah. super it's, legit, like a photo. <laughs> yeah, it's too real to not be legit. Yeah, that was a great idea. All the furniture talks to you, and they're all rude. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I I heard that. Um. Uh, I heard that some people. Like, I'm sorry that there's a a uh, rumor on the internet that maybe the town Sedna is on the continent of 
Mira, I think, because it's in another dimension or something. That's Mira is in oh. the first Baten Kaitos, mm-hmm. and supposedly it's in that. another dimension because that's like the place that has like the cake town and stuff. Like the whole town is made God, out of cakes, right? The cake town, the yeah. place made out of dessert that you have to literally eat through the walls at one point. Oh, did you? <laughs> and dude, that's the place that freaking um, Sagi and and Miliar decide to run off to to get married and live out the rest of their life. Freaking is the cake really? town. Mira, yeah, they said oh let's go to Mira. God. And I looked, I'm like, what the hell is Mira again? And it's like the place with the cake town. <laughs> oh my God, they're living in the cake town. Yeah, That's it's, great. It's I wonder if they show up in any way in the first one. So yeah, they, they said like, I, I was wondering like, what the hell are the connections? Now, in, in my case, I just don't remember anything about the first one. But uh, I think they said like that Milliard and him give birth to uh, a character Whatever named Mel- Melodia, name Melodia or something, and she's like the main bad guy or one of the main good guys? Uh, I think it was the main uh, bad guy. Oh, yeah. Geldeblame is the main bad guy in the first one. Yeah, I noticed he had a scene at the end, like, I'll be the new emperor, and it's like, was, was he the bad guy in the first one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he was. I remember that, because I remember the name. And um, Gabari is one of your party members. Oh! Okay, yeah, I was. But wondering. you also had mul- you had party members that you could swap in and out. Like you had more people at your disposal than you could fill in uh, uh, for a, a full party in that game. I see. Yeah, I think it's better to usually um, to have just the three of them like this because they're all fleshed out in the story anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't like swapping out because I'm like, who's under level? Do I need them? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. that's never. Real. All right. Well, all right then. Um, so no more questions for me, huh? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I think that will round out our very fulsome discussion yeah, of uh, Botan Kaitos Origins. That's I had right. a lot of fun. Me too. I hope you guys had a lot of fun. Zoltan had a lot of fun. We all had fun. Yeah. So Let's that the will next round game. us out. Yeah, the next game. Um, do you want to give it away? Yeah, we're going to tell them, right? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, the next game is a game that I've played and Mel hasn't, and that is The Legendary Final Fantasy VI for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, boy. No, it started with The Legendary. I guess it does. Yeah, it's it's in the title. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I want to ask you what you know about the game. So... We're at the end of the podcast. If you've, you know, subscribe if you want to know when the next one comes out and all that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say from right this moment on, Final Fantasy VI spoilers might happen. So if you want to play FF6, you can just turn it tune out now and then listen next week. So, Mel, do you know anything about this game before going into it? This is the one with Kefka in it, right? It has Kefka. Do you know? Okay. Any, do you know I any know spoilery the things? Major, I know the major story beats. Uh, I probably don't know all the little details. I know the world gets destroyed and okay. Kefka becomes a god. That was the spoiler. There uh, you go. Thank you. Yeah, those are the spoilers. <laughs> yeah. World um, gets destroyed and Kefka becomes god. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't name all the characters. I couldn't tell you like where you go, moment like the town, major town locations. But I know like Kafka's general like deal and his kind of story because oh and I know the opera scene is like sort yeah. of another highlight that's yeah. a big deal. Um, do you do you know Kafka's laugh? Oh yeah, that whoop, 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 yeah whoop. yeah. Do you know <laughs> Kafka's theme song? Yes, I know Kafka's theme ah, song. That's okay. a very good song. I have I have on my phone some um, music done on a pipe organ from that song. 
Oh wow! Like real someone really pipe performing organ. it, and and the dancing mad theme. Someone performed that on the pipe organ okay. in a really impressive way. So you know all the main tracks, all the important story beats, all all, all the spoilers. Is this going to be a good game for you? I I don't know because um we'll ha- well I mean there's which is to say there's a lot that I don't know about the game still because I don't really I didn't follow the gameplay. Uh, at all like, i don't know much about where that is and i couldn't tell you like difficulty wise anything mm. else along those lines so there's still a lot i don't know about it have you ever picked it up or wanted to pick it up um i have it on my computer mm. but i don't think i ever started it no and I, I probably wouldn't have because i probably wouldn't have had time so <laughs> did you were you was this a game you were looking forward to at all, or you don't really care about Final Fantasy VI? Um, Cause it I is... think it was a game that I would have... It's one of those, like, it would have been nice to play, oh, but, but I wouldn't I have had anymore. a motivating factor. No, it's more like I don't have a motivating factor on top of all the new games that are coming out. I see. So now that we're doing an episode and I have to play it, yep. I'm going to play it, and now I have my reason to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the game... Along with Chrono Trigger, it's always Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI that every top ten RPGs ever made list ends with. Number one is either Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI for like everyone. So yeah, I I am I'm pretty. It's hard to not be aware of the pedigree of a game like this, yeah. but I'm gonna be interested to see where exactly I fall on the spectrum of does this game hold up. Or are parts of it kind of maybe too archaic or whatever, but you know, I'll have to play it to see. Wouldn't it be amazing if both of us, well, no, I like Final Fantasy VI, but wouldn't it be amazing if you didn't care about Final Fantasy IV or Final Fantasy VI? <laughs> that would be amazing. Like in my <laughs> case, everybody says Final Fantasy IV is amazing. You go on Game FAQs, man. Original SNES version. Four out of five hearts or whatever on all the user reviews. Like, everybody loves Final Fantasy IV, and I did not like it. <laughs> so, looking forward we'll to see. seeing... Yeah, looking forward to seeing how you, th- you think of Final Fantasy VI. Okay. All right. Then that will finally conclude. If you stuck with us this long, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, as Zoltan said before, subscribe so that you have the inside track on... When we're able to finally get these things to you on a roughly monthly basis. Mm. And like you said, Final Fantasy VI coming up next. Uh, I've been Mel. I'd like to thank you for listening this long. And my co-host Zoltan, thank you for uh, participating in this with me. You're welcome. And yeah, absolutely. And everyone else, have a good day. Have a good night. See you next time. Thank you very much.